1: Now, here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on
0: iHeartRadio. Let's talk about a little uh, Christmas facts and tidbits, of course. And um, what are some of your favorite things about Christmas, Charles, that are strange?
1: Well, one thing, uh, I noticed you played a song about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer a while ago. Uh, It's an interesting story. It's an amazing story how Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer came to be. Originally, it was not a song. Uh, there was an advertising director of a department store in Chicago. His name was Robert May. And in the late 1930s, he wrote this poem about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It wasn't a song, as I say. And what he did with it, he he used it as a giveaway at the store and also used it as a newspaper ad. It was just a a poem about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It was like 1938. Ten years later, 1948, his brother-in-law, uh, it was a man named Johnny Marks, who was a songwriter, and he saw that he saw the poem that Robert May had written about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and so he put music to it, and then tried to get somebody to record it. And he took it around to all he—he he was from Los Angeles. He took it all all around the artists he knew. Nobody wanted to record it. Nobody was interested in it. And he spent, oh, about six months trying to get somebody to record uh, the words and the, the song he had written about Rudolph. Finally, uh, in desperation, he went to, he, he was an old friend of Gene Autry's.
0: Oh, great. Uh,
1: yeah. yeah. And Gene Autry, as a favor, Johnny Mark said, geez, I've been trying to get this recorded for so long. So Gene Autry said, okay, uh, he did it as a favor. He said, it, he said, I'll put it on the flip side of the next record I have coming out. And he did. He put it on the flip side. And to everybody's surprise, everybody's surprise, it became one of the biggest hits in music history. And, you know, it's just amazing. Uh, Had he not been friendly with Gene Autry, we might never have heard that song.
0: What was the song on the other side?
1: That I don't know. Nobody, nobody funny. remembers that.
0: They just <laughs> right. remember Rudolph. Everybody forgot that
1: song, and they remember saying, so, yeah, "We, we have that story in the All Time Book of Fascinating Facts." One other little uh, fact about that story is, originally, Robert May was going to call the reindeer Rolo. He wrote it originally as Rolo, the red-nosed reindeer, and he had a four-year-old daughter who said, "I think Rudolph." She came up with the name Rudolph. She said, "I like Rudolph better than Rolo." <laughs> And out of the mouth
0: really, of babes, huh? yeah, and it was
1: really her that named that named Rudolph, and as we say, he became the most famous reindeer of all.
0: <laughs> my uh, my granddaughter sent my mother a Christmas card, and it came back because she put the address wrong, and it freaked her out. But and I began to think how many Christmas cards are being sent these days. I mean, some of them are are electronic. But people are still sending out a lot of Christmas cards. How did that tradition start, Charles?
1: Well, it started in the middle 1800s in England. Uh, There was a man named Sir Henry Cole who uh, liked to engrave uh, pictures on cards and send them to people. And, of course, uh, regular mail delivery basically just started around that time. So he he sent uh, he used to make different engravings of different scenes and send them to friends. He, he was basically an artist, uh, an aristocratic artist, and he sent it to his friends. And one Christmas, uh, around the middle 1800s, uh, he made a nice Christmas uh, picture and sent it to some of his friends. And then he had some cards left over, so he took them to a store in London. And they put them on sale, and they sold out, like, immediately. So the next year they said to him, you know, how about giving us uh, some more cards with Christmas pictures, Christmas drawings on it? And he did. And that started the tradition. That's where it started. Uh, In England in the middle 1800s, uh, people, again, went to the store, bought the cards, and mailed them to their friends and family. And then the father of the U.S. Christmas card is a man named Louis Prang, who was a printer in Boston, and he printed some Christmas cards uh, about 10 years later, 1860s, and put them on sale in Boston, and they were a big hit. And that's how the tradition of Christmas cards started.
0: It goes back to that. And I guess from there, it probably branched out into all kinds of stuff, like Valentine's Day and everything else. Right.
1: Right. Yeah, we have to realize that before that time, uh, the mail was entirely different. Uh, the, the receiver had to pay for the letter.
0: Oh, really? Sender. Yeah. yeah.
1: And, you know, that we didn't have regular letter carriers in those days, in the old days.
0: How'd you uh, like but... to pay for the, a bill you get in the mail? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Santa Claus. How did that develop?
1: Santa Claus, well, you know, there really was a real St. Nicholas. Uh, he lived in the...
0: I just talked to him at the top of the show, by the way.
1: <laughs> Who's St. Nicholas?
0: Yeah, he's out there in Manitoba right about now. Oh, yeah, that, like yeah, that.
1: I guess he's making his rounds. He's Anyhow, his thing. in the 4th century, in what is now Turkey, and we have this story in the old-time book of fascinating facts, uh, there really was a St. Nicholas, and he was from a very wealthy family and became well-known for giving money and gifts to people. And uh, that tradition of doing that from his name spread uh, basically around the world. And today, you know, Santa Claus has all different kinds of names uh, around the world. Uh, For example, in England, he's called Father Christmas. Uh, In France, he's called Papa Noel. But it was the Dutch who, uh, their name for St. Nicholas was Sinterklaas, which in the Dutch language Mm -hmm. means good saint. And in the 1600s, when a lot of uh, Dutch immigrants came to the United States, they brought with them their custom of calling him Sinterklaas, and then that evolved in English from Sinterklaas into Santa Claus. And that's why we call him Santa Claus today. It's really from the Dutch Sinterklaas, which means the good saint.
0: We uh, will be ending our program tonight, uh, Charles, with uh, one of our guests, Lionel Fanthorpe's rendition of Twas the Night Before Christmas. Uh, he does yeah. a great job doing that. How did that start? Who who composed that?
1: Well, that's an interesting story, too. Uh, there was a man named uh, Clement Clark Moore, uh, and I think, as I recall, the year was 1823, Is around, around that time. He was a professor at a theological seminary, and he wrote... Uh, a visit from St. Nicholas. It was the night before Christmas. Uh, And he wrote it basically for the children in his family. He, uh, as I say, was at this theological seminary. Did not want to make it public, apparently. uh, But a friend uh, saw it. I guess one of the kids showed it around. And the friend sent it to a newspaper in Troy, New York. They published it. And it became a big hit. and was picked up by other newspapers and published And the story is that uh, Clement Clark Moore was very embarrassed by it. Uh, Some said he denied uh, authorship of it. He didn't acknowledge authorship of it for about 20 years. But uh, finally, I I guess he did, and he got over the embarrassment of of a theological professor writing uh, a poem like, like that. The interesting thing about that, and we can talk a little bit later about hanging stockings for Christmas, that helped popularize that uh, in the United States with the lines in that poem. Um, the stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas would soon, soon be there. there. That's right. Yeah, and that, that was a famous, famous lines. And then the other thing he did in that poem was name the reindeer. These are the reindeer before Rudolph. But the a reindeer, he popularized their names. Uh, in that poem, of course. And, uh, so that, that one poem did a lot and it's kind of funny that he, you know, did not want to acknowledge authorship of it. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 AM Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.